comments heard on The View from a Pew are those of Mac McCoy and are not necessarily the opinions of his guests, his producer Garth, any one particular denomination or religion, the church lady, Mr. Lemke, Pastor Craig, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now here is today's The View from a Pew, heard all around the world on YouTube. Just search for The View from a Pew. Thank you, my dear Emily. We appreciate you uh, giving people warnings, you know, about what they may hear on this show. May not they may not agree with them. It might anger you. We hope not. But we always do want your feedback, and that's easy. That's Mac M A C, like macaroni, at theviewfromapew.com, and that's how you get a hold of me. All right, so we're in the middle of an eight-part uh, package here, and this is number two. This is show number two, and I'm speaking with Richard Leitner. Oh, I just said it again, didn't I? Yeah. Leiter. Yep. All right, I keep wanting to put an N in there. And uh, Richard is a uh, law professor at the University of Nebraska, and we met because uh, you have a priest that I know, mm-hmm. and he introduced us together. Yep. And what we're talking about here is his conversion, is that the right word, from Judaism yeah. to um, well, Christianity. It, yeah, it was, uh, I was definitely born again, um, okay. came to faith, and we were just getting started talking about that, uh, that process, how that unfolded. Yeah, yeah. And, and, that, and that's what we want to hear about today. Yeah. Um, and you were 28? Yeah. When this happened? Uh-huh. All right. But you were a good Jewish boy. Yes. Family was Jewish. Yes. Went to synagogue. Yes. Um, and you actually thought about being a rabbi. Uh, very seriously. Very yeah. seriously. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So tell me about discovering Christianity and how Jesus came to you. So um, as I mentioned already, my um, wife and I were, before we were married, we decided that we wanted to be Jewish wanted to have a, a Jewish family. And what was she before? She was sort of a um, little bit of everything, nondescript, okay. non-denominational. Okay. I call them mongrel. I Protestant. call them mutts. <laughs> yes. Because I'm one. Yes. I, I don't care what denomination anybody is. I'm right. just a Jesus freak with an attitude. I, I think that she might have been baptized in a Methodist church, but yeah, who knows. Anyway, so she converted to Judaism. So my rabbi that I grew up with in San Jose, Rabbi Gittin, um, could marry us. And that was an interesting uh, process. I sat with her and went to um, new members classes. Yeah. She converted to Judaism. And then we um, got married. And then it was sometime in that first year that we were married. We were married in uh, December, actually, 30th, 1978. So my, our 48th. Okay. Um, anniversary or 45th 6th anniversary is coming up in a couple of days good anyway um, it was that first year um, after we got married that Bob Dylan became a uh, Christian okay. and so growing up Jewish Bob Dylan was a hero of mine. he was Jewish oh yes okay yeah and a lot of biblical references in his songs yeah. and stuff but he was just a, a a cultural hero, yeah. Jewish 
um, entertainer. You know, really, I just I, anyway. I was a fan. When I so all so growing up, I always questioned. I had always been told that you know Gentiles claim that uh, the Bible. You know, Jesus was the Messiah, but they got it all wrong, you know, and Christians don't really, they're all confused about uh, the truth. Confused, that's yeah. good. So um, I've heard of hypocritical, but now I've got confused, so yeah. that's good. So I, um, over the course of my, you know, growing up when I was in college, it, it and these were the days when you used to hitchhike was a normal yeah. form of transportation. Sure. And, and I was going to school in southern Oregon, and my parents, my family lived in the Bay Area. So I hitchhiked all over northern California. And it seemed like every time I had a, um, uh, a long ride, say from Redding to Ashland, Oregon, somebody picked me up, and the next thing I know, son, are you a Christian? No. Well, open the glove compartment and pull out the Bible. I was getting witness to. Wow. All the time. Wow. And when I was at in college, I would go into the uh, dining hall and sit by myself. Somebody would come over and sit down. So, you know Jesus. And they'd start witnessing to me. We're kind of that way. we evangelical. Yeah. So it was really annoying to me. But, <laughs> but I was a good sport about it. And I loved to debate with these people. Sure. Since I knew, knew in quotes, that uh, Christians had it wrong about the theology, I would just pepper them with questions. And, you know, every Christian knows that there are some questions that you can't put a right. definitive yeah. answer on. Yeah, there are many times when I'm talking to a, an atheist who are my second favorite people. Yeah. yeah. I, I just love them. Yeah. Um, they're they're so close, yeah. But yet that leap is just too far away right now. Um, so one of the questions that I would yeah. so so when I got tired of debating people, and I used to love to engage them. Yeah. I mean, it was entertaining in Oak a way. The bear. Yeah, yeah. And so when I just decided I'd had enough, I would throw out. Well, answer this question, and. The only example that I remember was, uh, what about the child that was born in the South Sea Island, never had an opportunity to hear the gospel? Your God is going to condemn them to hell? And people would always go, but nobody had a good, clear answer. And so I had these, I developed over the years four questions that were, I called them the unanswerable questions, the I love it. debate stoppers. And so, um, so keep that in the back of your mind. Okay. Bob Dylan became a Christian, and I was really annoyed that he did. Um, I felt betrayed by him. And I also was um, annoyed that this Christian, sort of what I had thought was a confused, you know, cult, uh, poor thinking, you know, these people had gotten their hands on Bob Dylan and turned him away from the truth, which was, I don't know what the truth was, you know, from our point of view, just well, be a good Jew. Yeah, well, yeah. and the, the obviously it's that you don't think Jesus is the Messiah. Exactly. Yeah. So I decided... Once and for all, I was going to put this Christian nonsense to rest. 
and and I was actually ignorant enough and naive enough to think that I could do it. That, that was a well, dumb. That's... So I decided I was going to read the Bible and disprove it, the New Testament, on the terms of that are uh, the Old Testament as I knew it. All right. So for the first time in my life, I picked up a Bible, and I flipped through the New Testament, and I noticed that the Gospel of Mark was the shortest. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to take a lot of time. Yeah, right. right. You get in and out quick. Right. So I started with it. Well, first thing that I didn't expect, Mark opens with a quote from Isaiah. Yes. Voice of one crying out in the yep. wilderness. Yep. And I thought, wait a minute. And I Very went back way. and read Isaiah. And, well, what the heck does that do in there? And then Mark it's not a very good choice if you were trying to do what I wanted to do. No, I agree. Because it, it's the, I call it the dragnet gospel. Yeah, it's and just the, facts. the analogy may be lost on some of the younger listeners, but dragnet, it was just the facts, ma'am. Just, just the facts, facts. yeah. And, um, and it just said Jesus did this, and then he went there, and then he went that. And, and he, he, um, some of the things that they recorded him as saying, criticizing the leadership of the synagogue yeah. at the time, um, I agreed with. Yeah. And I thought, well, God, what is this? Oh, and Mark has got transliterations of uh, Hebrew and Aramaic. And I knew Hebrew. Um, I actually had lived in uh, Israel for a year or a half year after high school, and I studied it in college. So I was so surprised to see... Hebrew in the New Testament. So I thought, well, I just picked the wrong gospel to disprove this stuff. So I went to Matthew, and well, that's also not a good choice because it's got a lot of Hebrew and a lot of references to the forefathers. And so, and then his criticisms of the um, the um, Pharisees and yep. Sadducees, the leadership of the church, I agreed with all of them, the hypocrisy. Um, and what he was preaching was love and helping other people. I mean, all things that I agreed with. Yeah. So I remember thinking, man, something's weird here. Um, I thought I was supposed to disagree with all this. Another thing that struck me was Jesus also was preaching just to Jews. A couple of times in the gospel, um, like the, the, the story about the Syrophoenician woman mm-hmm. comes to him, and he goes, be gone, you know, I've come to the lost sheep yeah. of the house of Israel. And I remember thinking, wait a minute, this is a Jewish book. Jesus was talking to my people and actually uh, eschewing Gentiles and non-Jews. Yeah. Why do Christians believe this stuff? It seemed very almost insulting to the Gentiles. So I was very puzzled. And then, um, so of course, I read Mark again, then uh, Luke and uh, John, and I had read them in fairly rapid succession at this point over the course of a couple of weeks. And I started noticing the same stories were being told yeah. from different perspectives. Yeah. 
I always say the four Gospels are kind of like sitting at 120th of Dodge. Yeah. And you got one on every corner. Yeah. And there's an accident. Yeah. And everybody agrees there's a car wreck, but that's the only thing they could agree on. Yeah. Yeah. Because the stories are always different. Yeah. All right. So we're going to come back. <laughs> Um, with our next podcast here after this. And one of the things I want you to think about for me mm-hmm. is um, I've been told too often that Jewish people were not allowed to read the second half of Isaiah 52 <laughs> and the 53rd chapter. And I want to talk to you about that a little bit. Yeah, I'm a huge Isaiah guy. I just... Yeah. I'm a, I, I'm probably going to go to heaven and realize somewhere we're related, yeah. Because I just love his prophecies. So, sure. all right, I'm with Richard Leichner. No, no N. No N. Like like lighter. Lighter. Oh, like a lighter. Yep. Oh, all right. They used my high school friends used to. My nickname was Poor Match. Poor Match. <laughs> Rich lighter. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, He is a professor of law at the University of Nebraska, born and raised in a Jewish household and in the Jewish synagogue. And then when he was about 28 years old, guess who come calling? Jesus. And we're listening to that story today. So I appreciate you taking the time to be with us today, Richard. And uh, we are on YouTube as well as our new channel on Roku. And all you have to do is search for The View from a Pew. I want to thank the folks at DivineTruthChristian.com. Anything you need, you can order from them. It'll be shipped directly to you, and you'll talk to a real live person. That's cool, right? Divine Truth Christian Store, where you'll find more.